and good morning. Welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here, and it's great to be back. I, uh, if you didn't know, I just had a, a new baby girl this last week. Well, it's been a week ago now today, so it's so good to be back in person with you guys. I'm excited for that. We got something special planned today. Uh, obviously, we are a brand new series called Enough. And we are really excited for this series. For those of you joining us online, thank you so much for joining us as well. And if you're new here today, uh, we are so glad that you're here and joining us. Uh, I don't know if you guys have felt it, but there's a lot going on right now. There's just everywhere you look, there's a lot going on. You turn on the news, there's divisiveness, there's, there's so much going on. And I know for myself and for a lot of us, it's just tiring. I think we get to the point where it's like, I've had enough. I'm tired. I'm done with this. I'm done with COVID. I'm done with the news. I'm done with politics. I'm done with everything. I'm just done. I've had enough. And so I'm really excited for this series. We're going to start digging into some of the things we're going through, uh, some of the fear that we're feeling, some of the anxieties that we're feeling, uh, and, and what does God have to say about it, even in, in this bumper that we just showed, like, is church enough is God enough? Is our faith enough? Like, what are we putting our faith in? How do we interact with these things? And so I'm excited. As you can see, the setup's a little different today. I'm going to invite CR and Jason up with me today. Pastor CR and Jason, why don't you guys come on up? Let's give them a round of applause. So as you guys know, we usually do our car videos. This week, you get to see an unfiltered, unedited version of us, right? Sure. As we were talking through this series, we are like, man, it would be, it'd be fun to just discuss some of these things as a whole for the whole service. So, well, the whole time, not the whole service, obviously. But instead of just getting a little snippet of us in the car, uh, we thought it would be fun to just talk through these things together. So I'm going to get in my place so you guys can, I'm not, like, overshadowing you guys or anything. You're, You're always, always overshadowing. overshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which but, is a good thing because, you know, Works out I, well. I appreciate the compliment. See, th this is the thing. They, they, like to, uh, they like to banter and they like to <clears throat> just give me a hard time. So it's good. You guys, yeah. we're inviting you. This is the thing that CR usually edits out during the, the car videos. <laughs> you guys don't get to see all the extra. So now you get to see the extra today. Not all of it. Some of it. <laughs> I, I said you guys can say whatever you want. We won't be bleeping. No, no bleeps. <laughs> that, that, no. <laughs> so... Uh, in, in starting this, uh, this series, you guys have probably heard the word, like, unprecedented, right? This, we're in unprecedented times. We keep hearing, probably since, what, beginning of 2020, we're feeling, this is an unprecedented time. There's never been anything like this before. Um, it always comes up. Anytime there's, like, some major right, thing yeah, right. that happens in the world. Is it really, though? Right. Like, is it really unprecedented? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to answer that. You're the history. You're the like the history guy. You got you, you read a little. Yeah, just because so I'm Jason old. So Jason reads a lot of books. Jason's like the smart guy. He like no. he's got all the I, the really smart book insights. He's got all that book learning. Book and learning, yeah, education. <laughs> no, I mean, there were times in history, but it's probably unprecedented in our particular bubble, right? You know, sure. in, in our lifetime, we're going through things that are unprecedented for us. Yeah. But let's be honest, we all have a very narrow perspective. We, oh, only, like. we only see our little time, right. and it's very rare that we pull back and actually see 
you know, all of history, or at least all the, the grand narrative of life, and realize, oh wait, this isn't the first time major things in the world have happened, or groups of people have been in, in situations and stuff isn't like that. Isn't that always the way that it is, though? We're so myopic, we're so hyper-focused yeah. in our own little space, yeah. that we think that everything that is going on in our world is, is you know, the biggest or the newest or or never happened before, right. it's, it's a challenge for us, that type right, of thing. Right. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's a story in scripture that we think matches really well uh, with what's going on today. And if you're, if you're familiar, you, most of you are probably familiar with it. You guys are familiar with the book of Exodus. Uh, the book of Exodus is the story of the Israelites fleeing Egypt. And as we were preparing for the series, there were so many correlations and so many I don't know, I, I think there's just a lot of spots where you, you see the, the, the Israelites reacting in a certain way and saying things, you're like, oh yeah, that's relatable. Mm. Like, I can feel that. And so I wanna share a verse with us, and this is gonna be the verse that we, uh, I guess, jump off of today. It's in Exodus chapter 14. And this is after the Israelites had gotten out of Egypt, uh, they had already left, and they, have, they had gotten to the, to the Red Sea. And so this is, this is where we're at. This is, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. Okay, so they had just gotten out of captivity. They're heading, they're, they're up against the river. They're, they're trapped, and here comes Pharaoh. And this is what they said. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, leave us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. What do you guys think about that? I mean, on some levels, they had every right to be a little upset, <laughs> right? I mean, they, they, they were facing, they were in Egypt, and yes, 400 years of slavery of, you know, it, it started out in a good way with Joseph, and, but then there was a Pharaoh who didn't know Joseph, right, after he died. And so all of a sudden, they started looking around going, there's all these people, they, they weren't even Israelites yet, because they weren't there yet, right? They were just this group of people that they, they said, we should keep them down, because if we don't, they're going to take over. And so they enslaved them. And so for 400 years, that's all they knew. And then all of a sudden Moses comes in and, you know, been her and all that, let my people go, right? All this stuff, you know, but they, they so they get out and, and, and then all of a sudden they turn around, they finally make it out and they turn around and they're like, okay, we're, we're at the Red Sea. We got nowhere to go this way. Turn around and look behind us and Pharaoh, who is extremely ticked off at this point, like, I mean, he, he was, he realized I just lost a major part of our workforce, economy, economy yeah. you know, gross national right. product, whatever right. you want to call right. it, right? And I lose all of that, and he's like, we're going to get them. And so they turn around and see that, and they're like, Moses, what were you thinking? Uh, I mean, what? Yeah, it's like, yeah, we're out of Egypt. And we're going to die. Uh, I just like the way that they put it, though. It's like, <laughs> yeah. They don't say it that way. No, no, they're, they're not that overt. What? There was no graves in Egypt? Were there not You had to bring us out here so that we would die out here. It's like, yeah. it's, it's just the way that it It's a across. little passive aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, they're just, really? I mean, this is, and, and so there's a bit of that where, where I feel like, yes, but in the same breath, I, if we pull back even more, we realize that, you know, the Exodus narrative, and this is just the beginning of it, right? The Exodus narrative is, it's, it's almost a, a microcosm of what God is doing 
throughout history and with his people. And, And oftentimes in the midst of a moment, we miss the bigger picture. Right. And, and that's kind of where, you know, what we've been talking about as we were working through some of this is that, you know, right now in, in our particular history, we're looking around and we don't see much beyond right now. Right. Because right now it's really hard. There's things going on. There's political upheaval. There's social upheaval. There's medical upheaval, right? And then you've got all the arguing that goes on with that and all of that's going on. And we can get so caught up in right now that we don't have the ability to kind of pull back and say, right. wait a minute. What's the bigger picture that's happening in in, in all of this? And that's kind of where, so we've got some points that we want to share today. The first point that we wanted to share with this is every non-promised land event felt like a failure. So the Israelites are leaving, and they're promised this promised land. That's why it's called the promised land, by the way. Right, 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 (laughs) right. I like to point out the obvious. See what I have to deal with? (laughs) These are things that get edited out, right? Yeah. So they're, they're on their way, and now all of a sudden they face hardship. It's like out of the gate, Mm -hmm. hardship. And it's like, oh, we're done. Failure, done. And I think you're right. We we fall into this trap where we have a hard time seeing the big picture. We have a hard time seeing the full narrative. Obviously, we don't know what's absolutely going to happen. We read Exodus and it's like, oh, well, they're going to eventually get there. Right. They, They don't know that. You know, we don't know what's coming around the corner. And so when we see... A, a hindrance, when we see a block, when we see something that's different than what we want, it's really easy to fall into that. Well, this is just a failure. It's done. Yeah, there was an expectation there. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's, that's the point of this. Is that, you know They had an idea in their head about how this was going to turn out. And I think that's part of the issue where it's very relatable, yeah. right? We have an expectation. Right. We come at things with an expectation. We can kind of see ourselves here in this, uh, you know, it's a reflection. They had an expectation. There was the sense that there was a promised land, right? I mean, right. this is kind of going back to Jacob and Abraham, mm-hmm. really. But there, there's the sense of, like, they're, they're entitled to something. And this appears like, oh, okay, something, something's going on here. But then as they get out into the desert, it's, uh, it's not looking so good, yeah. right? And so, uh, you know, that, that's going to mess with your head a little bit. Well, I mean, if you think about it, too, as they were leaving Egypt, a lot of people don't realize this, but they plundered the Egyptians mm. on their way out. If you go back a chapter, right, as they're leaving, people are giving them their gold and their stuff, and they're, like, handing them all this as they leave. They're, like, paying them to leave. Yeah. And so now they're out in the desert. They have all of the Egyptian stuff, and they're stuck, and Pharaoh's coming. And it's like, this was a setup. Mm. We're done. You know, and, and, and I, I wonder, I mean, I just think in, in my life, there's so many times that I, you get to that point, you're like, oh, things are great, things are great. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say, everything's what, gone. What is, what, is, uh, what is something like this in our life? There's, what is a promised land moment that we are looking for that we're not getting to? Or, or what, what do you think that we put maybe hope in? Oh, yeah, well... Because they're putting, they're putting hope in, oh, this promised land, this perfection thing, we're just right. going to go, we're going to get there. We put our faith in a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we have our hopes wrapped up in a lot of things. Some of them are, you know, things like the COVID vaccine working right. exactly right. as presented. Or, uh, you know, our government is going to behave a certain way. Right. If we do a certain thing, we get a certain output, right? right. And so this is, this is part of, uh, you know, kind of 
the West, we have a consequentialist or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. type of approach to things. Like, you, you, you're, you do have an expectation that if you do something, you get something out of it, right? right. And you go along with, uh, you know, you go along with that idea. And so you build up these expectations. Mm-hmm. And we have them in all kinds of different things. And we place our hopes in all of these different things that are not, mm-hmm. they're not God. <laughs> well, and, and then what are we placing our hope in to accomplish? Like, right. I mean, ultimately, where are we trying to get in all this? And, and that's where the Israelites were like, oh, we're going to this. And when that wasn't, didn't seem like it was going to happen, they completely turned on right. Moses. And we're like, you know, what were you thinking, you idiot? You're, we told you. I love that. The Israelites, we told you not to get us out of Egypt. Right. And yet, why did God send Moses? Because they were crying out that someone would rescue them. Right. So, they, you know, selective memory there on, on what they were saying. That never happens to us. Well, no, no, never. I know, because, yeah. Um, but, but it does come, because really and truly what was going on was God was doing a work that was way bigger than this one particular incident. Right? I mean, he was doing a work of his redemptive plan for all of humanity. But all they could see was the Red Sea mm-hmm. and Egypt, right? right? That, that's all they saw. They didn't understand the bigger thing at play. And, and so this non-promised land moment, right, was, it just felt like a complete and utter failure. And, and that's where I think what we put our hope in, what we were dreaming for, when, when we don't understand that what we're dreaming for, what we're you know, wanting to accomplish, may not be God's ultimate redemptive work that's happening. And yet we still get all bound up over it because we're, we're missing that that bigger that bigger picture that's going on in the work of God. Yeah. Right. And I think that leads us to our second thing that we want to talk through is that God is collectively transforming people. We should probably dig into this for sure. God is collectively transforming people. I think we miss um, the process and how that plays into our, our transformation. Because even, in, you know, we, we talked about if you look after the the Egyptians uh, get swallowed up by the Red Sea. The uh, oh, Israelites don't give get, away the ending. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so the Is- Israelites get through the Red Sea. After they get through the Red Sea, you read, and it talks about God not giving them a direct path, but actually wandering. And they had He had them wander because they weren't ready to to face the Philistines that occupied that territory. Right. And so you could look at that like, oh my gosh, He's having them wander, but the wandering was actually part of their growth and their development as a people. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's super uncomfortable for us, because we're like, I just want to, I see the point and I want to get there, and I want to get there as fast as possible, and I think we are all about, especially in our culture, we're about efficiency. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be efficient. Like, if, if that's the point I'm getting to, I'm going to go hard, I'm going to go fast, and I'm going to get there, and I'm going to make it happen. And that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, God is not a God of efficiency. You know, we, we judge God you, well, you, through that lens. You, you, right? you need to write that one down. <laughs> that's a good one. God is not a God of and, efficiency. And we get disappointed when he, isn't, he doesn't operate the way we want him to, right? right? Yeah. And, you know, and this goes back to the point. Well, God is transforming his people. You, you don't get transformation unless you go through some pain, unless you experience some things that are going to challenge you. That's what actually causes growth, right? Yeah. And we, we're unprepared for things, but yeah, we think that we're, we think we're ready, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we're not. And that's what God's doing here with the Israelites and God is doing with us is this preparation. Well, and I think in, in now in 21st century Western world, right, that we live in, 
that this is an issue that, that comes into play on so many smaller levels that we don't even notice, but the whole idea of the consumeristic mindset right. that we bring to everything yes. is all of a sudden playing out because we, we want to see what we want, and we want our life to be easy. We want our life to have what we want and accomplish what we want, and we forget that when God throws things in the way or when God is moving us in a way that isn't efficient, right, mm-hmm. we all of a sudden see that as a problem. Yes. And we see that as God either not showing up or maybe, you know, something else is at play that's evil and bad and we want to blame something. What did I do to make this happen? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, uh, you know, the devil, he's out to get me. Well, no, sometimes God takes you through hard things because you needed to go through that in order to deal with what was coming later. Yeah. Like I was saying before, there is this sort of consequentialist, this, you know, idea that we, you know, that the end is what it's all about, right? And so let's just get let's get there as quickly as we can, mm-hmm. and the process doesn't matter. And God's going, eh, this is a process. Yeah, but that's no fun. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and there's so many things in our world today. We have so many choices in front of us, right? I mean, yeah. it, we, we, we go to the grocery store we go to because I know where everything is. I know how to do this. I, you know, it, the best deals, whatever you want to say, you know. But, I mean, literally, yesterday I was uh, driving it, and there's a, giant eagle and a Kroger across the street from each other, right? And I'm like, I always go to the Kroger. Why? Because I'm comfortable. I've got a Kroger card, <laughs> right? You know, and, I, and so I, I'm going to go to Giant Eagle just to be different, right? And, and you spent more money. No, I didn't. I actually typed in my phone number, and it was like, you have a Giant Eagle card. And I was like, I didn't even realize that I had that. But, that's, but we just don't like new. Yes. We, we want to do yes. what we're used yeah. to doing, and we want to go where we think we should go. Yeah. And anytime God intervenes with either you know, discipline or sometimes he rescues us from a pattern, and, and we're so used to that pattern that we, we just want to stay there. And sometimes he, he you know, tries to teach us something. And, and so I just wonder if we don't bring that same attitude even to our faith, right? Uh, of this, you know, we don't really want God to transform us. We, we want to come to church as long as church is nice, as long as the music's good, as long as the guy who talks isn't too long or, you know, obnoxious, or, and as long as we don't have to change anything about our life. And as long as they have the programs that meet all my needs, you know, that's the way, that's the lens we bring. And, and then all of a sudden God says, wait, I'm actually more about transforming right. you and a group of you than about you being comfortable. Yeah, that's, it's, it's the tough, I think the, the tough thing in, in today's society with church, and we, I, I question even going here, but this is unfiltered, so we're just going to go here. It's like, not in our notes. There's, there's so <laughs> many things in church, in today's church, that we, that we do that's just, it's fine. It's not unbiblical, but it's it's something that we do to maybe reach the unsaved or reach someone who doesn't know Jesus. And, and we can get so caught up in just doing church that we miss the point. Like you said, the point is to grow in our faith. The point is this discipleship process, and that's a big word, discipleship, but this, this idea of knowing God more, mm-hmm. of, of building my life structured around him and growing in our faith that way and not just taking in it's mm. a it's a holistic thing of encouraging one another and equipping and growing in our faith and i think it's really easy in today's society we're a consumeristic society and so there's consumeristic elements of right. our churches uh, they don't have what i i want i'm gonna go uh, right. down the road absolutely exactly we'll go across the street not, to that other place in and of yeah. itself is not bad yeah 
But I think for us, and I think what we want to challenge all of us is, is what is, what's the purpose? What is the goal? Like, mm-hmm. as you are, you know, sitting here today and thinking about, all right, well, God's transforming people. And it's not just me, it's all of us. And in my pain, somehow he's there. Like, how are you actually digging into your current situation? Like, the struggles at work, you know, the people that think differently than you about masks or vaccines, your neighbor who thinks differently than you, who has a different political uh, ideology. ideology. Yeah, it's like, how are we becoming more loving to the people around us? How are we letting God use us? And I think that that's... But, but that isn't what <laughs> Jesus uh, uh, wanted us to do, right? He said, make sure you go and conform everyone to the way you think, right? right. That was, I know it's in there somewhere. Right. Somewhere. <laughs> you keep looking for that one. That's fourth, fourth John? Yeah, fourth, fourth John. John uh-huh. or third Timothy? Second opinions. Yeah, uh, second opinion. <laughs> second opinion. Exactly. That's the uh, the press, the new press version. Uh, we've, got, we've got copies out in the no, lobby. You can no, pick them up. No, we don't. On sale, $10.99. <laughs> All proceeds go to my salary. I mean, yeah. uh, so. That, that is oh, a tough ahead. thing, though, because we, we, we want everything to work out well as though working out well is the goal. Yeah. And, and, and the problem is God is more about you know, us becoming, and, and us individually, but also us as a group. Right. That's the thing. We miss out. We are part of a community. This isn't all about you individually. This is about God doing a work in September 2021 in Powell, Ohio, or online, wherever you may be, right? You are part of something that God is using not only to transform the community around us, but to transform us as a community. And, and that means sometimes when you, when you come in to church, you come to do something, and it's not exactly what you would have wanted, or it doesn't meet all of your needs, if you can back up and say, wait a minute, my perspective is all about me. What if I start taking it in as a group? Then how can I be a part of this whole transformation process yeah. and see what God is doing? Yeah. And, and that's where God, and this, we just see this happening even in this little microcosm of a story where the, the people are, are at this place where they're like, it's all about us. We want to be okay. We want everything to work out for us. We don't see what's going on. So God, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I love the way God answers because Moses says, you know, just everybody stand still. Stand still. <laughs> Watch what God's going to do. Hold up, hold up. And then he goes to God and says, God, what are we going to do? <laughs> And God, God tells Moses, he says, you know, why are you just standing there? Why are you there? standing there? Go. Go. <laughs> just go. Lift up your staff and, and part the waters. Duh. Couldn't you figure that one out? You know? And Moses is like, uh, oh, all right. Okay. So he does. The waters. Like, it's, it's all of a sudden, they're all, see, we knew this wouldn't work. We told you it wasn't going to work. And God's like, no, no. Just, how about you just go? I told you to go, so just go. I'll be there. Right. Yeah. And sure enough, he is. Yeah, we like to be in control. We we want to. Oh, you be. like to be in control. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm gonna mute your mic. <laughs> That's true. Sean, I forgot. Sean's actually like one of the least controlling. He is. Guys. He is. <laughs> that's why it's yeah. That's why I pick on you because you're not oh, that controlling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So this this goes into our last point that we want to talk through, and it's this: when we've grown comfortable in unhealthy spaces. 
we feel uncomfortable in healthy spaces. And I think this is, you know, obviously there's a direct correlation to the Israelites here. They had grown, they had grown comfortable in slavery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was funny that they, even, they wanted to go back to that. As soon as they, they, they started to see freedom, they started to get to a point where they were, actually had freedom, and they're like, no, I don't like this. Put me back in slavery. Well, they had determined the outcome already, right? Yeah. Right. They jumped to the right. conclusion right. that this is all over. Like, we're going to die. Right. That's, that's, that's the thing. Right. And so, uh, yeah, there's, there's a little problem there when we try to jump to the conclusion mm-hmm. uh, and not really depend on God and just say, hey, what's going on here? What, mm-hmm. What's God going to do? When we get into those situations where it looks like there's no way out, and then we just right. step back and go, yeah, okay. I had a, so I had a buddy of mine um, that uh, he's uh, on staff at the church, and he was, he was speaking, and he was talking about you know, during COVID, a lot of us weren't at church. We stayed at home. We were, you know, we watched online or we just weren't going to church. And, and he, his message was basically about the fact that it's like you're, you're used to that and you're comfortable with that. And the, but the very thing you actually need is to be in community. Like you need to, to get around people. You need to be in this thing. But you go to church and it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like if you haven't been around for a while, you could go there and be like, this isn't, this isn't good. And he used the analogy. So he... Um, my buddy, he had gotten in a, a motorcycle accident and almost died. And he, in, in his recovery, he did not want to eat food. Like, he was not hungry. And he was losing a ton of weight. I mean, he was just a stick. And it was like his doctor's like, you have to eat. Like, you are either going to, like, die or you're going to be severely, like, hurting from this if you don't eat. And he's like, I have no desire to eat. Like, it's not there. I can't identify. And, right? It's like, what's that pill? I want to yeah. take it. Uh, but it was this idea, like, he was saying the very thing that I needed the most was the thing that I didn't want the most. Like, mm-hmm. I needed food. I needed sustenance. And I didn't want to eat it. And I had to force myself. And he was saying that, like, in regards to even church, we've been out of sync. We've been out of sync with so many things in our life. And he's like, Get back in. And you get back in, you do the thing that you're supposed to do, and it feels uncomfortable. You're like, oh, I thought this was going to be great. And I'm around people again. And it's like, and he's like, you have to eat it. Like, you have to go through that. And your body eventually says, yes, this is what I want. I think it's, it's like that even in our spiritual walk. We see things, we start doing something that's good, and it, it maybe still doesn't feel quite right. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But in that process, in that, you know, well, over time. Yeah, like, crisis generally brings about change. Uh, that's, you know, that, that's the problem. It's like, we'll keep doing what we're doing until we hit a brick wall and when we can't go on any further. Right. right? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, speaking as a, a fat guy, you know, <laughs> I know how to be healthier. Right. Right. It's just, will I engage that on my own? That's the big question. Will right. I? <laughs> but, you know, a lot of times you get to a point where it's like, okay, the doctor's telling you, uh, you got to do something mm-hmm. or, or else. And then you engage what you should have been engaging in all along, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's going to feel really uncomfortable, and it's going to be painful, and it's a process, which I'm speaking from personal experience because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> get healthier. But it feels uncomfortable, right? It feels uncomfortable to step into that kind of stuff. And, and, and I find so often that we don't really reach out to God. We don't really dig into our faith unless we're faced with crisis, mm-hmm. right? It is something in our marriage, our kids, 
uh, you know, financial issues, something with the job. When you get into those kind of spaces, then you're like, okay, now my ears are suddenly open. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of willing to listen here, you right. know, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, we, we've got to step into that. So we've talked about, you know, attending church and being around other people. And yes, that is absolutely important. Like that is absolutely important. But we've got to be open to what God has for us, right. and that's going to involve a lot of things that are uncomfortable. And it never stops. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, we want to we want to we want to get to this point where it's like, up, oh, checked it off the list. I'm good to go. Right. right. Well, yeah, and that kind of begs the question. You know, we've grown when we've grown comfortable in unhealthy spaces. Well, what are some of those unhealthy spaces that, as followers of Christ, you know, we can grow comfortable with? And, and one of them is that lack of community, mm -hmm. right? That, yeah. that lack of, of connecting with other believers. And, and, and I think some of it too is, you know, some unhealthy spaces that we get, we get comfortable in, right? Is that <clears throat> the idea of controlling everything, right? I'm in charge, I can make everything happen, I can get it done. If God shows up, bonus. If not, that's all right, I got this, right? right? You know, um, and, and even things like, hey, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to get my goals done and it's all about me. And all of a sudden, that sounds kind of right, because right, if, if I get my goals done and I, I get to the level of, su of success I need, it's for my children, right? It's so right, they have stuff right, right, and right, whatever, you know, and we justify all this stuff. And that's how we get comfortable in unhealthy mm -hmm. spaces. Right. And so then when something happens that shakes up that unhealthy space, it's hard for us to move into a healthy space of, right. you know, a life of, of submitting to what God wants, right? A, a life of sacrifice, a, right. a life of caring for those around you. Right? Well, to push back on that a little bit, like what, what is that? Because I think there's some people who um, they're like, well, I don't want to quit my job. I don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, does that mean that I can't make money? Does that mean that I can't go out and be successful? Does that like, and I think that there may be people who have that struggle of like, oh, well, if following mm -hmm. God means I can't pursue something, then I don't want to but it kind of goes back to what we were saying before. When the pursuit of that thing becomes the objective of your life, right. then you're missing the macro story of what God is doing, not only in you, but in his people and in the world. Right. And, and when you get so myopic and only thinking about my success as a person, right, then we miss that bigger narrative that's happening in the right. world, which is what, you know, kind of happened. And we'll see this all through the Exodus narrative, right? The, the, uh, the rest of the book of Exodus is really just a, a one-year span of that 40-year journey. Right. And, and they keep hitting all these things. They go through all this. They, they see things, and it's, woe is us, woe is us. You know, right. this is terrible. I can't believe God's doing this. And, and then, oh, yeah, we'll yeah. follow you. Where are you, God? We haven't seen you do enough. Yeah, I mean. Well, Sean, I would, I would say, you know, like one of the things, like when you're talking about some of these things, we get into, we've touched on this already, this transactional mindset where if we do something, then we're guaranteed an outcome, right? Right. And, and, and the church actually does kind of a bad job where it kind of presents that a lot of times of like, well, you need to do this and you need to do that and all these shoulds and things like that. And then there's some expectation. Well, if I do that and then I'm going to get something particular out of it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are good there are good things that come from that, but that's not the point. Right. We, we miss the point because we get caught up in these ideas of checking it's behavioral modifications, right? right? Yep, yep. That's mm -hmm. that's really not it. This is a deeper level of, of reaching into something. And when you got a sermon series like Enough, and you see all that that stuff coming through there, and there's there's political things in there, political upheaval, 
And, you know, we know about the stuff in Afghanistan and we got hurricanes, we got all these things and obviously COVID, right? These are things that are disrupting. They're disrupting our norms and they're making us question what our life is, is for. Right. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are we doing? What's it all about, right? And so that when we dig into this at a deeper level, th- that's the question that we're asking here. And I'm sure the Israelites were asking the same thing, right? right? What, is, what is this for? What is this all about? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I was kind of happy when I was in slavery and Compared my life was this. terrible, but this is, this is worse. Yeah. You know, yeah. was it worse? You know, <laughs> it felt worse, I'm sure. Right. At the moment. Right. It probably did. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it, it really begs that, that ultimate question we've been asking. Right. I mean, in, in all of this, is God going to be enough? Yes. Yeah. When we wrestle with all these things, when we start thinking, okay, wait a minute, it's not all about me. It's not all about this. It's, yeah. a, but, but. I still have to pay the bills. Right. I still have to do this. And God, I, I thought I was being faithful. I thought I was doing, and right. you know, and, and so we, we still ultimately come back to that bigger question, is God, is God enough? enough? Yeah. And yeah, go yeah. ahead. I mean, there's a bit of a presupposition there because you know, we are in the church. Wait, we are? <laughs> so maybe, maybe we, we think that God is, but maybe we, we haven't really dug into what that looks like practically. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. A, that's exactly it. What does that yeah. actually look like on a day-to-day yeah. basis of God being enough? Well, yeah. and is he enough for what? Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. I mean, I, I can theologically, yes, God is enough. Right. I'll sing the song, I'll, right. you know, like, yeah. but, but, but what am I actually believing God is going to be enough for? Right. Yeah. It's that wrestling between the head and the heart. Yes. We know in here God's enough, right? Or at least probably. Probably probably you've accepted that, okay, I'm a theist, I know that God is there, you know, and I do believe in this Jesus character, and you've gotten through all that stuff. But then when it comes to actually living out your life and, and, and having to work through all this stuff, in your heart, are you questioning, mm-hmm. is this enough? Is God right. enough? Right. Yeah, I think when it comes down to it, I... I wrote this down that our tendency is to try to control so to eliminate fear and pain. And I think that, you know, a lot of us in this time, we are feeling pain, we're feeling fear, we're, we're, we're seeing things that are uncomfortable. And so for us, we go to the route of just trying to control. Um, and I think that's the, today, you know, as we, as we end this section, I, I told Sarah and Jason, I don't necessarily want to give you guys like a nice clean ending today. I, I kind of want us to just soak in this a little bit of like in the struggles that you're going through right now, in the things, the tensions, the pains, the, everything like that, is God enough? Like, and actually thinking through that, like, do I trust God enough in what I'm going through? Do I trust God enough in my current struggle? Do I trust God that if, you know, the political system doesn't look like how I want it, that he's still in control. And if, you know, certain things with COVID doesn't look like how I want it, that he's still enough. Like what, what does that look like in your life? And are we, are we asking those questions? And I think that's, I kind of just want to encourage you this week, like wrestle through that. Like what are those places of tension in your life that you need to start handing over to God and even questioning God, do I trust you enough for that? I think that's the beauty. We've talked about it, you know, many times. You know, in Psalms, you see David, like, being very open in his writings of his frustrations and his, his doubts and things like that. And I, th- I think in the church, we sometimes shy away from expressing how we truly feel. Be honest with God how you feel. Like, 
you're not going to scare God away by saying, I don't think you're big enough right now, God. Like, <laughs> in a sense, he's probably expecting that from you. Like, yeah, I know you don't think I'm big enough yet. Like, but be honest with yourself. And I would encourage you for this series, come through the, for the whole series. Like, be here every week. We're going to be digging in even more in the next couple of weeks. Like, what are, some, what are some questions that we are asking? You know, like, if you've had enough, if you're tired, if you're just exhausted, what, how do we approach that? Um, if, you, if you don't feel like you have enough, if you're, if you're always grabbing and, and searching for something and never getting to where you're enough, and you don't feel like you have enough, and it's always just, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about some of this stuff. And I would encourage you, come. Come to service. Engage. Um, we don't do this just to do it. Like, we truly want to encourage you to, to grow in your faith, to grow in your knowledge of God and to, in his understanding, uh, in understanding him. And so as we close today, yeah, think about that this week. Just wrestle with that this week. Like, what are those tensions in your life? What is the pain in your life? What are the things that you maybe aren't handing over to God? And, and questioning, do, do I believe that he's big enough for that? So as the worship team, you guys can start coming up. We'll close down. I'll pray here, and then um, we can continue. But let's just pray together. God, I thank you. Um, I thank you for who you are and the ways that you do show yourself, even in times that are uncomfortable. Obviously, we're, we are all feeling somewhat uncomfortable, God. There's a lot of things that are frustrating. There's a lot of things that are scary. There's a lot of things that, that we just don't understand. And God, I pray that in these, in these moments, in these days ahead, and even this week, I pray that we would dig into that, that we would really dig into our faith in you, our trust in you. God, I pray that, that even in those, those dry times, those times that we feel like our backs are against the wall, that we're up against that Red Sea and we've got an enemy right at our backs, God, that, that we wouldn't fall back into our old ways, that we wouldn't fall back into old, uncomfortable, or I should say old, comfortable spaces that aren't healthy for us, God, but that we would lean in to the new that you have for us trusting that you have our best in mind, and sometimes that journey looks different than how we would plan it. God, that we would trust that that journey is the journey that you want for us, and, and in, in that journey, God, you would be shaping us and molding us and transforming us and making us more like yourself, God. I pray that we continue to strive to know you more, to reflect you better, God, to love others well as you love us. God, we thank you for all that you do and for this time this morning. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, please stand and join us as we continue in worship. <laughs>